continue our series this week with the Lutheran Heritage Foundation, stopping by Sudan and Michigan. We'll get a peek inside a Sudanese seminary, as well as a look at how Lutheran Heritage Foundation materials are being used in the United States. We also continue our look at iPods in cars and Internet safety. Two weeks ago, we talked to Reverend Dr. Robert Ron of Lutheran Heritage Foundation. This week, we have Reverend David Ohm, pastor of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Chesterfield, Michigan, who also spent some time in Sudan teaching at the seminary there. He's also used Lutheran Heritage Foundation materials in his community. Welcome, David. Thank you very much. So how did you become associated with Lutheran Heritage Foundation? Well, of course, they built their headquarters uh, in our backyard, practically, Mm -hmm. and so they're about six miles down the road from us, which made it uh, very easy for us to quickly become familiar with their mission and their task and purpose, and uh, we were very interested in the kind of work that they were trying to accomplish, especially translating catechetical materials. for the different nations with which they wish to work. And our congregation takes great interest in, in supporting such a type of, that type of mission. So you spent some time in Sudan. What led to your going there to teach? Um, I had been in uh, constant conversation with a few of the individuals that work at Lutheran Heritage Foundation, the offices, and uh, they were very encouraging for me to consider going to uh, Sudan to help teach uh, some of the uh, soon-to-be-ordained pastors there in in Khartoum. And unfortunately, my visa (laughs) was never uh, quite ready to be approved. The trip was scheduled and rescheduled over and over again Mm -hmm. until finally my visa uh, was cleared and I was able to go. So I finally was able to go in early August. Um, But I was asked to to go there and teach the pastors or future pastors and of course by the time I arrived they were already ordained most of them uh, but they still uh, wished to have the class and uh, so that's what I was available to to do to teach that class. Okay. Can you tell us about the Sudanese seminary? How is it different from the seminaries here in the United States? Uh, in the seminaries in the United States uh, I came from uh, Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne mm-hmm. Uh, classes, of course, are very structured, and um, it wasn't quite that way while teaching in Sudan. Uh, we don't go to lectures, for example, for an hour and then re- come back the next day like you would at the seminary here in the States. Um, I would teach all day long, and the students would be there all day long just taking my class. So we might start, you know, 8.30 or so, 9 o'clock in the morning, break for lunch, and go till perhaps 5 o'clock, 5.30 in the evening. Well, sounds exhausting. It, it was. <laughs> so did you encounter any danger or persecution while you were in Sudan? Uh, not directly to me. Um, there were certain days that uh, Bishop Andrew's wife said, this is not a good day for you to go visiting at the marketplace because uh, there were occasionally riots breaking out. Uh, when I finally did get to, to see parts of the city, um, major intersections would have a soldier on top of a tank uh, helping to preserve the order and keeping watch. There were soldiers everywhere. Uh, the city was, a, was a really in a lot of disorder as far as my point of view was concerned. Windows broken everywhere. Um, the only buildings you didn't see broken windows in were ministry buildings, the government ministry buildings, and banks. <laughs> Everything else looked like it was uh, had gone through a war. Wow. 
which of course they had. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, aside from that, how was your life different there than your life here? The food was different. The housing was different. It was extremely warm there. That was basically it. Um, transportation was a new experience. Uh, apparently, Sudanese uh, have different attitudes about how you conduct yourself when you're in traffic. Uh, nobody seems to know what a left turn signal is. Mm-hmm. So you just basically uh, try to creep out into the flow of traffic and hope they don't hit you. So that was the most nerve-wracking part of the whole visit, is just getting from here to there. Uh, so it's sort of like uh, any, any of our uh, listeners who went to the seminary in St. Louis can uh, relate to that with St. Louis driving. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could be. I, I drove through St. Louis a couple of times, and the traffic is not to be compared with what I saw in Sudan. It's worse, huh? Oh, much, much worse. So do you have any stories from your experience there that you'd like to share? I don't know if I have any especially interesting stories to tell um, other than to talk about the uh, commitment that the students had. I expected, since many of them were already now ordained before my arrival, that they would perhaps not be that interested in what I had to teach, but they they really were very interested and very eager to learn. Uh, That part was kind of refreshing from what you may observe when you teach a class here in the States. Sure. Uh, they were very eager to learn, and um, they they basically follow a liturgical uh, worship uh, there. Uh, they weren't familiar with chanting the liturgy, and that's really what they mostly wanted to learn, is how to chant liturgy. Mm-hmm. So that was refreshing to have a congregation of people that desperately want to learn how to chant the liturgy. A little different than here in the U.S. So what kind of music was used there? Uh the sort of hymnody like we use from our hymnals, or was it different? Basically, they in the Church of Sudan, they were using uh, Lutheran worship. Really? Those congregations here in this country that use LW uh, would be probably most very comfortable uh, there. Um, they did have services every Sunday evening in English. Those ones I could readily understand. Um, they had them... Uh, in the language of the country in the morning services. So there I just had to try to guess what part of the liturgy they were in at the time. But the congregation are very um, well taught or trained as far as making the proper responses at the proper time. And and uh, it's, it was very refreshing and interesting to me. So they're familiar with German, uh, German hymnody and and all that sort of thing? Well, I, I can't say that. Um, but they did follow the liturgy. Um, of course, they didn't sing it. I tried to teach them to sing it. Uh, they often were ready with an excuse that it's difficult for them as Africans to learn Western music. But once I got them started, uh, they could sing it pretty well. Uh, the problem is, is trying to remember it. I also tried to instruct them in reading musical notation but that was kind of difficult for them as well. I'm not sure that they really grasped it very well. But if you could just teach them the melody, they they would do a wonderful job singing it. And if you asked them a, a, the next day to sing it, they didn't remember how it went. So that was kind of the struggle I had, and I didn't have musical um, equipment that I could readily use to help reinforce the music in their minds. So. Sure, so it's sort of like uh, when you try and teach a new hymn here, but you could end up teaching the the same hymn and it's just that 
Well, at least at least here, most churches would at least have a piano that you could pluck out the tune for them and make it a little easier for them than singing everything a cappella. But uh, they didn't have any musical instruments to speak of. Their their music on Sunday is very different than what we would have in, a, in the states. So they basically would have somebody who would be playing the rhythm on a drum, and they weren't singing Lutheran music. When it came to hymn day, they would sing these these um, songs that would probably be best classified as Pentecostal or Methodist. Uh, and that's one of the things Bishop Andrew was hoping to address by, you know, having me teach this class was to introduce them to some of our good Lutheran music sure. and uh, try to convince them that that's the way to go. <laughs> so can you tell us about your experience using Lutheran Heritage Foundation materials in your community? Um I recently had a situation here. Uh, we had a Vietnamese, um, I have a Vietnamese mother uh, in my congregation. She had worked to help bring her sister and um, family over from Vietnam to the States or to Michigan. And uh, she, her sister wanted to take instructions, but she really wanted a Vietnamese pastor because she couldn't speak a word of English. Uh, as it developed, her son had to go to the local public school where he did pretty much master the English language. And so we, what we tried to do is teach a catechism class then with mother and son, uh, with him translating everything that I would say to him in English uh, with his mother. And uh, so we used some of the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Uh, we used the Vietnamese catechism that they provided us, which made the job a lot easier because the mother couldn't really understand me, but she could try to follow along in her copy of the Vietnamese Catechism. Sure. And uh, so it was, a, it was a wonderful resource to have available to us. Well, it must have been. I, I try to imagine trying to learn these things without having the materials in your language. Well, and, and then I, I'd always hope that the son was repeating everything accurately to his mother. <laughs> yeah. So I could only I could only hope that he was doing that well because I have no idea I could never converse with her in her own language, and, sure. nor could she with me. So it was a difficult situation, but uh, they they did finish the course, uh, 16 plus weeks that we gave them, and uh, and they were both baptized then as adults. Hmm. Wow, what a wonderful opportunity! Yes, yes, it really was. And so I'm very grateful to Lutheran Heritage Foundation for, you know, having this kind of material available to me that I could, you know, use it so easily and readily. Right. So do you have any uh, anything coming up in the future as far as uh, uh, connections, uh, opportunities, anything like that along that line? Um, well, I do have another uh, strange situation like the mother and son situation that I just finished talking about. Um, we have a young married couple from that were originally from Laos. Uh, they, however, both speak English very well, mm-hmm. and uh, so I haven't had to use any special uh, translated uh, catechetical materials with them. We just use the normal catechism in English. Um, so that isn't quite the same as what I already described to you. Sure. But, but that was that, the situation I described to you was pretty unique, I guess, for yeah. us at least thus far. Well, do you have anything you'd like to add about uh, either one of the experiences we talked about? I don't. I don't believe so. I, other than just to say that it was it was very refreshing for me to to go to another part of the world and find such a keen interest in uh, Christ and the gospel. 
and to find so many people that were so very grateful, in fact, that someone you know, like myself would come, be willing to come and uh, take the time you know, away from my own parish to try to assist them uh, in learning more about worship and what we do on a Sunday morning, receiving word and sacrament. It was very gratifying to me. Pastor Allen, thank you very much for your time and for giving us more information about some of these experiences. Well, it was a pleasure to share what little bit I could tell you uh, with you. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. God's blessings to you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. And now it's time for the product suggestion of the week. Following up on last week, we got rid of the FM transmitter for our car and iPod solution because the sound was horrible. A direct wired solution was too expensive, so we needed another solution. We bought some speakers that sit on our dashboard, but that's not ideal since they can't hear them very well in the back seat of the minivan. Since there's no way to make a CD adapter like the cassette adapters, what about an FM transmitter? that wires its output antenna directly to the input antenna on the car. A little electrical tape, and that ought to take care of it. doesn't matter how close your transmitter is to the radio, it's the distance to the outside antenna or the wire coming in. But if the antenna wires of the two devices could have direct contact, that could create much better sound and reduce interference significantly. Somebody try it and let us know how it goes. This Sunday's Gospel lesson is the Fishers of Men story, but I have another more insidious fish story to tell you. Phishing, spelled P-H-I-S-H, is a scam that can and will make it into your email mailbox. You get an email from your bank, or a bank that you have no account with even, or eBay or PayPal. It says they're updating your records and you need to go to a website, which is usually, if you look at the domain, just an IP address, a series of four numbers separated by dots, not a .com, but it might be disguised to look like a .com. It says you need to enter your bank account number or social security number or other personal information. This is not from your bank. It's from a scammer. They might make the email and website look very professional or even identical to the company's website they're copying, but that's all part of the fraud. If you get a note like that, if it claims to be from PayPal or eBay, forward it with all headers to spoof at ebay.com or spoof at paypal.com as appropriate so they can try to track down the scammers and prosecute them. If it looks to be from your bank, call your bank and ask them where to forward the note. Whatever you do, don't click on the links in it or load the images in the message. Next week on Lutheran Weekly, we feature Dr. Ansi Simojaki, the LHF Vice President for Africa, who will be visiting from Nairobi, and he will discuss with us the Lord's work in Somalia, Afghanistan, Ethiopia, Rwanda, and other areas of Africa. Well, that closes the book on another Lutheran Weekly. Remember that you can post comments on our forums at lcmspastor.com forum and ask questions of upcoming guests. Your questions will be read on the air during the interview. If you'd like to leave a voicemail to be aired on the show, you may call 206-339-7909 to leave a message. Thank you, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.